So we want to take you to Fulton County again because, well, things are really starting to heat up. As many of you guys know, Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis, well, we talked about her for quite some time on the show, the corruption, the allegations of corruption, I'd say, the, the allegations of her relationship with the special prosecutor that she brought on board, Nathan Wade, well, everything's starting to kind of resurface again, and it's really starting to look bad for the two looking so bad that the judge in the, in the criminal case is actually considering potentially disqualifying her from the case. We're going to take a listen to how, well, what the judge said yesterday, which pretty much opens up the doors for a potential disqualification. Let's listen to the judge and you'll hear my reaction on the other side. Specifically looking at defendant Roman's motion, it alleges a personal relationship that resulted in a financial benefit to the district attorney. And that is no longer a matter of complete speculation. The state has admitted a relationship existed. And so what remains to be proven is the existence and extent of any financial benefit. Again, if there is, if there even was one. So because I think it's possible that the facts alleged by uh, the defendant could result in disqualification, I think an evidentiary hearing must occur to establish the record on those core allegations. So just to emphasize, I think the issues at point here are whether a relationship existed. Now, again, it's not an allegation anymore that there was a relationship between the two. We know it's actual, like it's factual at this point, because ultimately Fannie Willis has admitted to dating Nathan Wade. Nathan Wade was only made the special prosecutor because of Fannie Willis. And well, their their timeline isn't really adding up. And we're going to get to that in a moment. But ultimately, the two of them are just saying, oh, no, there's nothing to see here. Uh, Nathan Wade saying that Fannie, when they do go out, when they do travel, she pays her own expenses. But again, we know that's not true. And uh, it's getting quite interesting because ultimately President Donald Trump is about to weigh in by just appearing at one of her misconduct hearings that she's about to have. So she, ultimately, Trump is planning on attending the next misconduct hearing that's coming about against his prosecutor. Now, I like this for many reasons. Number one, it brings attention to what's going on in Fulton County. A lot of the corporate media is ignoring it. And so if President Trump does show up and is there to listen in and to just show his face, it puts a spotlight on the corruption that's coming out of Fulton County. And so I think this is a really great thing that the president's doing. You need to continue to highlight it. And we need to, we need to get another prosecutor on board because ultimately what she's trying to do is just push this through to make sure it gets to... Uh, a jury before the election. She's trying to interfere in the election. She's already said that, listen, I had a relationship with this man. Yes, he's a special prosecutor in the relationship now because of my relationship. She says, well, she don't say that exactly, but she'll say that. And then ultimately what she does is she tries to pivot a little bit and say, listen, we've got to just go after him. I can't step down from this position anymore because we need to prosecute President Donald Trump and his co-defendants. And we need to hurry up with it. Ultimately, because yes, she's probably hearing, she's probably getting some pressure from her uh, political allies in the White House to hurry things up. And that's just an allegation, but it's likely true given the fact that the White House has met with special prosecutor Nathan Wade, her legally married boyfriend. And it's just a hot mess right now in Fulton County. So I wanna bring in someone to help us kind of understand everything that's going on right now. Let's bring in John Zendrosny. He is with the great folks over at America First Legal. John, thank you for jumping on with us today. Hey, Brianna, thank you for having me on. It's a hot mess right now in Fulton County, like I was just saying. Ultimately, we have a really corrupt prosecutor right now who made a private citizen who is now her, well, is a legally married boyfriend of hers, 
she had now promoted him to becoming the special prosecutor and going after the president as co-defendants. And ultimately, she was kind of cornered into admitting that she has a personal relationship with this man, but she never disclosed it up without, you know, Roman bringing it forward, one of the co-defendants in the case. How do you think this is all going to play out? Because it sounds like to us, the judge is open to potentially disqualifying her from the case just based on the allegations that are currently making its way to the surface. It's a great question, Brianna. I, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Judge McAfee said, look, I, I don't want any salacious stuff in here. I just want facts regarding um, what money has been used and the nature of the relationship and the timing of the relationship, which is important. I think the bottom line is that Fannie Willis thought that she could um, engage in political persecution and then completely have her life be untouched after engaging what I would argue is corruption. If you're using official resources for vacations with your boyfriend, yeah. uh, that's bad news. So especially and I, there's a there's some irony here, Brianna, like these people all accuse Donald Trump of being corrupt, that he's using money the wrong way, that he's abusing power. And all they do is abuse power. And when they get caught, they say it's not relevant. So I'm dying to see how this unfolds. Um, I did see that President Trump said he wanted to be there, although I did also see a headline saying that he might not be able to be there because of another hearing somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if someone came up with a hearing that made it suddenly so that he couldn't be available for the Fannie Willis yeah. misconduct hearing. Who the heck knows? Um, but I think it's important that he draws attention to it. And look, if the left is going to start throwing rocks at Republicans for alleged corruption, they should at least for the duration of the, the investigations of people like President Trump and other people keep themselves clean. Like, don't mess with this stuff. Stop being corrupt yourselves. It's amazing. The hypocrisy of the left really does know no bounds. It really doesn't. And it's unfortunate because this is the same woman also who recently a whistleblower came forward and she said, hey, listen, I tried reporting uh, misconducts within the office internally, and it has nothing to do with the Trump uh, case. But ultimately, this one this one attorney who worked for her was saying, or a staffer who worked for her was saying, you know, I tried bringing forward this potential misconduct regarding federal grant money that was supposed to be used and allocated towards something else. And another one of her high level staffers was trying to use the money for something that it was not supposed to be used for. And when she per when she brought this up to Fannie Willis's office, and we, we heard the recordings ourselves, we played this on the show, I think it was two weeks ago, Fannie Willis sounded like she was interested in listening to it, but ultimately actually ended up firing this whistleblower who came forward to report the misuse of all of this. And so it does start to look like there's a lot of corruption within Fulton County, but it's, again, it's coming to the surface. And, you know, you mentioned expenses, and I think it's really interesting that we we kind of draw the line here with that because Fannie Willis' legally married boyfriend, now they're almost in the process of being officially divorced, it looks like. So his name, Nathan Wade, like we mentioned earlier, credit card records made its way into the divorce court with his ex-wife. And his ex-wife, we have these right here, these credit card records. Ultimately, his ex-wife kind of turn these in. And what they do is they map out a direct correlation between what he was doing with the business accounts and Fannie Willis. You'll see here that he says that he booked Fannie Willis's flight and her name is in the credit card statement on his business cards. So John, is it, this is speculation, so I guess I can't ask you this, but what would happen if he was potentially found to have maybe miscalculating or mis misclaiming what hours he was working, charging Georgia taxpayers and then potentially that money was get, getting used to to pay for Fannie Willis's romantic flights with this man. Is there a way to prove that? Is that easy to prove or is the burden of proof probably really difficult and it just might not make its way into this courtroom? Well, Brianna, I have to give the caveat. I don't know the rules in Georgia, either with this with state law or the bars, um, you know, um, the bar to practice law in Georgia. That said, I think it should be pretty easy to show things based on hard records, financial records like those credit card statements, like official reimbursement reports from the county 
um, you should be able to show who paid for what pretty easily. I would think it's a question of people turning things over or being able to get a hold of them. Um, but in terms of what could happen to Mr. Wade, well, quite a lot. My assumption is he's an attorney, um, which means not only would he possibly be on the hook for repayment of all the money that he used inappropriately um, for, you know, through official channels for personal use with Ms. Willis, but he could also theoretically be disbarred. And it, it be, remains to be seen if anyone files any bar complaints against him. I suspect there may, be, there may already be bar complaints. I suspect there could be more bar complaints. Um, same with Ms. Willis. She's clearly licensed in the state. She couldn't hold her job as a Fulton County District Attorney, much less as a practicing attorney in Georgia, if she were to have a bar complaint filed against her and lose her license. So there are very serious consequences here. And like you said before, you mentioned the whistleblower who pointed out actual corruption. This is what happens when your, your entire office, the officialdom of the prosecutor's office in a county, in a big city, is used for political gain and political purposes and not for what is actually happening in the city. By the way, Brianna, this is all happening against the backdrop where cities like Atlanta, New York, Chicago, San mm -hmm. Francisco are mired in a disastrous crime wave brought on by the leftist policies that have destroyed law and order. So um, I'm sure she's got better things to do than chase Donald Trump, but who knows, maybe she wants to be senator or governor and uh, this is, that's what this is all about. Yeah, it's likely. I mean, we we keep seeing this. It, it's how Democrats elevate within their party. It seems almost like that's kind of like the standard that they have to do. Uh, and I just it's disturbing. Yes, but it's going to continue happening because there's no level of accountability here. And I'm always uh, trying to reach out to there's Most people don't realize this, but Georgia has a Republican governor and a, a Republican attorney general who could step in and kind of try to help all this situation right now because this is Georgia taxpayers. This heavily involves them and they should be concerned. But when you reach out to their offices, you know, we had several of our viewers reach out and the response that they got was that from Brian Kemp's office, the governor of Georgia was that, oh, thank you. Yeah, he hasn't made any public statements on this yet, but he's definitely interested in hearing from uh, Georgians. And it's, it's just garbage. I mean, it's, this has been out for weeks now. She has admitted to having this relationship with him. And that was the point where he should have stepped in and put an end to all of this, but he hasn't. And then we have a soundbite too that I want to play. And ultimately, again, in court, we are now realizing that there is a, um, that, that Nathan Wade did lie during his filings and that the timeline of their relationship is quite questionable. Let's take a listen to that. Mr. Wade has filed other affidavits in his divorce case, which contradict this affidavit. His interrogatories, which were sworn and verified and filed in that case, said that he did not have a personal relationship, that there had been none. So we've got two declarations in two different courts, both sworn, both filed with the court, that say something completely different. Um, his May, let's see, it was his um, May 2023 affidavit, where he was asked if he had and this was in 2023, Judge. So the state's response last, last week said they had a relationship that began in 2022. In May of 2023, he filed in the Cobb County Superior Court um, a pleading that said specifically if he had had any relations with a person other than his spouse during the course of the marriage, um, you know, and, and the typical things that are asked in a divorce case, um, and he responded none. After we filed our motion in this case, he updated those and he pled privilege under the Fifth Amendment. So we've got a filing under oath by Mr. Wade in 2023 stating he didn't have a relationship. Then we've got a filing stating he did have one starting in 2022. And then once that came about, he fixes 
the incorrect affidavit that was filed back in 2023. So we definitely have a conflict judge in the evidence as far as when this relationship started. John, how important is it to get to the bottom of this when they actually started seeing each other? Because if it happened before she, he was officially brought on board as a special prosecutor, is that an automatic disqualification, do you think? Because it, it seems like a major ethic issue, ethical issue that, issue that should have been you know, brought up from the very beginning. Is that right? I think it's an issue, Brianna, either way. I mean, if, you know, if let's say, for example, as she did, she revealed there was a relationship, but she did so belatedly. Um, she probably had an obligation to do that in certain fora before that and say, look, judge, um, just for awareness, uh, there's a special prosecutor in my office. We have a personal relationship. This began after the appointment. Um, it is, I think, more damning, however, if it turns out that they were having that personal relationship before the appointment, because then it's even more likely that she was tapping into his officialdom to to get some benefits out of it. And uh, either way, it's not a good look. And by the way, what you just, uh, the audio clip you just played, um, Mr. Wade could be subject to perjury charges in the state. Now, it turns out she'd probably be conflicted out of running those charges, so we'd love to see who would do those. Uh, just one quick follow-up, Rihanna, on what you said about Governor Kemp and company. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think most Americans see it, especially Republicans, that um, Governor Kemp, Attorney General Chris Carr, and Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger are very corrupt and despise Donald Trump. Um, we're not seeing objective um, action on their part here. And there are a lot of things that really could have been done earlier on for the governor to deal with this. I know um, he could have expressed support in the special legislative session to remove Fannie Willis from the post. Remember, governors and attorneys general do have um, say in states over who should be prosecutors. I think even when there's an election, uh, situations like this, they could have pulled her out. Um, even just the, the public domain, the bully pulpit of saying, yeah, she's corrupt. This is an inappropriate uh, persecution of a former president. It's pretty clear they don't like him. Um, you know, there are rumors for years that they've been engaging in things to suppress votes and, and mess with the way uh, votes happen in Georgia. You would think Republicans would be fighting for free elections instead of suppressing free elections. But that doesn't seem to be the case with uh, Kemp, Carr and Raffensperger. So um, I hope people in Georgia keep the pressure on them to do something about Fannie Willis because they definitely have the ability to do so. Yeah, yeah. And they should be. If you live in Georgia, you should be calling their offices every day, respectfully telling them that you want to put all of this to an end because it's a waste of your taxpayer money, especially in a time where we're literally so many Americans are struggling to get by. We're, we're literally tossing. I think it's made over six hundred and fifty thousand dollars so far at Georgia taxpayers expense off of this case alone. And so it's disturbing. And a reminder to our audience, this guy didn't have a background in prosecuting. He he does have some you know background in criminal defense, but that's not his main focus and the main law that he does focus on. So that was what was so telling about all of this from the very beginning. I mean, you know, we did a story here on the show and it was ultimately him sending out flyers to not only the people. So he's a special prosecutor in his case. Let me just remind our audience, the special prosecutor, but then also the co-defendants in this case, he was sending brochures to their home, offering his defense skills to them. People like Jeff Clark. I literally got one of the brochures and they're sending it to people that he's prosecuting. I mean, that's just how ridiculous this man is. And that was the first time that they should have stepped in and shut this whole thing down. But they didn't. Uh, and so it's obvious this guy's not a professional at all. And neither is Fannie Willis. And there's a lot of corruption behind this. But it will soon get exposed. Uh, I want to jump into something else because, John, last week you want to come on and talk about it. But we were unable to. And now it's kind of imploding. Uh, we're talking about the House. Sorry, the House Republicans looking to go after Homeland Secretary uh, Alejandro Mayorkas for a second time. They're looking to ha possibly have a vote on it today. They're looking to impeach him. 
Obviously, he's not very popular given the current state of our border, but Republicans, three rhinos, kind of stuck their neck out and stopped him from being impeached last week in the House. Ultimately, Congressman Michael um, Gallagher just recently announced he's not running for re-election. It's pretty much based on all of this. And I texted Mike Gallagher personally and asked him, what does Mayorkas have to do to earn your vote for impeachment? And he didn't want to respond back to that, which is laughable. But ultimately, I mean, it's it's so ridiculous that we have to give this a second spin, John. Do you think that they're going to be able to impeach him the second time around? Or do you think this is going to be kind of something that we're going to have to keep going for? Because these rhinos really aren't budging on the issue. Yeah, Brianna, this is a big deal, in my opinion, because the vote uh, last week did not go the Republicans' way. It was a black eye for Speaker Johnson and his team, and uh, they're determined to do it again. I think one thing they didn't do last week that they're doing, I believe, this week is they've got Steve Scalise um, available this time, whereas he was not available last time to vote. The vote shakes out differently if he's present. Um, regarding the three who voted against uh, Mayorkas, it's, it's super shameful. I mean, one of them is Ken Buck, thankfully, who's retiring. Um, Ken Buck, by the way, in case you're curious, not only voted against the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas, but voted to remove George Santos. You know, at least Gallagher and uh, uh, Tom McClintock from California had the decency to not vote to remove George Santos. Uh, and I think it is potent that Gallagher, uh, Mike, I used to work with Mike. We worked in the same office on the Hill before he became cool. Um, yeah. He's not running again. That tells you just how potent this is back home. I can't imagine there's another reason beyond this. Maybe there is. Um, but you know, if you're going to if you're going to impeach people, if you're if, if you're going to consider impeachment to be a tool of the Congress, you have to use it when people engage in such gross misconduct. And this is there is no greater case of misconduct by a federal official that I can tell, at least in the last 20, 30 years, greater than Alejandro Mayorkas. He has basically given the American people the middle finger. He has made this country more dangerous. He has essentially facilitated the business model of the cartels. I honestly wouldn't be surprised, Brianna, if he's got a Swiss bank account sitting somewhere um, where he's just accruing money because someone's paying him off to stand down on all of this stuff. Um, maybe that's not the case, though, because he is, in fact, a disastrous ideologue and doesn't like the United States. So if you're going to use impeachment, uh, now's the time. This is the perfect example to do it. And I think it will send a pretty potent message to people who think they can just get these high-level federal jobs and just give the American people the bird. They actually have to do their jobs. And this will have a, an important chilling effect. Which is one last thing on this, Brianna, which is that... Um, I think uh, the Republicans have said there's this isn't our domain. The Supreme Court actually has basically said the only solution to solving this type of corruption is through the political process of impeachment. So uh, I'm hoping that whoever is, uh, you know, I'm just worried that uh, Republicans are always good at snatching uh, defeat from the jaws of victory. And uh, I think the vote should go their way this week unless some Republican comes out of the woodwork and goes soft again. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, Congressman Michael Gallagher has been a massive disappointment. When I worked over at Fox, we, we had him on all the time to talk about China. And he was against China, the CCP, and he was a strong, strong pusher on all those issues. And then all of a sudden, randomly, you know, last year we heard he was going to World Economic Forum meetings in Davos. And then now this, it's it's a head scratcher to see the turn for him because it's, it's very disappointing. I thought he was going to be great when he was in Congress. And He's kind of fallen flat. So it's unfortunate, but it happens a lot of the times with our politicians. So no surprise there. John Zadrozny, thank you for jumping on with us today. We greatly appreciate your time. After a long day of filming, I've got to somehow take off all this makeup, but make sure that I put the nutrients back into my skin that it desperately needs. So I found this new skincare line. I have to tell you all about it. 
Givaderm is all natural products. I use it twice a day, I use it in the morning and I also use it before I go to bed. First up, we have this clay cleanser. This is amazing because it takes up all of your makeup and it smells good too. Vitamin C is so important for brightening your skin. I also used to get super bad acne and so it's helping, um, I guess, kind of like blending my acne scars a little bit so they're not so bright anymore. Here it is, it's the vitamin C serum. Just little pumps and put it on. And then don't forget your neck. Now moving on to step three, that is their Uplift Serum. You don't have to do that much. So many times I have like these high-end products and I'm clogging my pores and you can see it. It's literally always around here and around my nose area. But for some reason, maybe it's just because it's natural and there's not all that garbage chemicals that are into it. It seems to clear it up so well. Step four, it's the Bamboo Mist. It feels so amazing on your skin. I mean, you could literally name all these products that are in it. Definitely also like a cooling. And then this one, it's called Nourish. It's like this amazing cream, super light. You don't need that much of it. And always make sure you get under the eye area, not in your eyes. Givaderm has done miracles for my skin. I highly recommend it to everyone, men and women, because guess what happens if you don't take care of your skin? It looks like you're aging quicker than what you really are aging. Natural products, all made in the USA. They don't support any of the garbage that comes out of China. It's not gonna be found in your products. I promise you that. You have to get this product. Click down the link below. Givaderm is the product name and the promo code for 10% off right now is Brianna. To celebrate the new year, we're having the biggest sale ever on overstock clearance and brand new products. For example, save 60% on our Goose Down comforters, the best comforters ever. They go perfectly with our MyPillow bed sheets and duvet covers. Save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels. They're made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Our initial quantities are extremely low, so get them now before they go. Our seasonal flannel sheets are finally in. You save up to 50% and they sell out fast every year, so order now. They're truly the best flannel sheets you'll ever sleep on. Or save up to 80% on all our clearance items. And this is where it gets even better. For a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all MyPillow products. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free. And if you enjoyed that segment, make sure you hit that like button. And if you want to see the news before it becomes the news, you have to subscribe to our channel. And well, if you have a liberal friend that you're looking to save, Make sure you share this content with them.